Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 dave ellswick show just, we've got a bunch of intellectuals that that really probably ought to have buckles in the backs of their jackets yeah we're just talking about i watched a special on netflix the other day it's, the, the series is called unknown and i i like science kind of stuff i like science i look i'm i'm a hardcore jesus follower i like science God's pretty cool what he made. It really is. But they, they did a special on the uh, the Hubble telescope. And that they put that thing up in space is amazing to me, that they made it happen. And it's a million miles away from Earth. That's four times the distance of the moon. So they got it out there. They unfurled it and... Of course, they couldn't watch it being unfurled. They had to let people know. This is kind of funny. They had to tell people. Now, the pictures that we're showing you are not real pictures. These are simulated because we don't have a TV camera gonna, out there. We're going to show there. you a video of it being unfurled. Yeah. Oh, by yeah. the way, this is a cartoon. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> anyway, but I mean, what they did is they showed what it should be, what should be happening. They showed all of the, you could see all the computer stuff coming through and it was opening it up. It was pretty impressive. Unfolding the so I'm I'm watching them do this and what they were they're able to do now. Everybody, I hope everybody understands as you're listening today that when you look up in the sky and you see the stars, you're seeing that star from a long, long time ago because it takes time for the light that the star emits to get to Earth. It, I forget what the speed of light is exactly, Maybe but 186,000 miles. I think per it's about like that. Like yeah. That, yeah, but they can they can sit and measure the distance that the light is changing uh, or, or, or traveling and can figure out how long that star has been there. And now you may be seeing the last vestiges of the star's light. To be well, honest, if the star is if the star is. 100,000 light years away then then theoretically then what you're seeing may not exist any longer. Yeah, maybe hasn't existed for thousands of years. I mean there is a there is a short period of time when the light comes on of the light that's on the highway across the street from you. It takes a millisecond for that light to get from that position to you. To your to the back of your retina. It, it don't take very long. No, it doesn't <laughs> take long. But anyway, but there is a the key is the key of this whole no. thing was that they were talking about is they're looking now at light that they say is from the beginning of the known universe, mm. and they're looking. They're going, and I think we've. Have you seen the pictures from Hubble? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool the crab nebula and all that other stuff. The fingers, and they they did get God out one time. The fingers of God. Have you seen that one? That's mm. very cool looking. I mean, those pillars are billions of miles long that you look at. And I'm, I'm checking it out, and I'm listening to these scientists talk. They're like Fonzie. 
Do you ever you ever watch Happy Days when you were younger? A little bit, yeah. And, yeah, Fonzie, what was the one word that he could not say? He, he, he had a little trouble admitting he was wrong. Yeah, he couldn't say sorry. Mm. He couldn't say sorry. I'm so, you know, he'd go through all kinds of, man, uh, you know, different vocal things and trying to say he was sorry. Well, scientists cannot say God. They just can't bring themselves to say God because they start talking about, look at how fantastic this is stuff that's from billions upon billions of years ago and we're just now seeing it and they're just trying to explain it and everything. But the one thing they can't do is explain, well, where did it come from? It's there. I don't deny that it's not there. They, they don't deny that it's not there. But they will not say, well, maybe there is a God. Maybe he's the starting point. Well, there's, there's responsibilities. You know, that's what they just, they but, just but, will not say it. But with that comes responsibilities. Cracks me and, up. And so it's, and it's, and there's this strong hatred for um, religion. Right. A, 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 a creation perspective in well, the they don't want to they don't want to admit the there's something bigger than they are in the so-called scientific community and the and, and then so what we end up with is we get so-called intellectuals who are going around telling grown men that they can change their gender like this is ridiculous well i don't know if they did maybe not but the same, I'm, just, the same I'm just one, saying the, the we, we've got my, because my so key of science. all of this is that they cannot admit or they won't admit. I personally think that inside themselves, when they're thinking about it, they're faced with that fact. And But they don't want to admit it. Some right? may even believe it, but they're just afraid well, to say it. Because I forget of who the astrophysicist was. But he said, I crawled up the mountain of knowledge. Now, I'm going to paraphrase him. I crawled up the mountain of knowledge and got to the top, and there was God. At least he's being honest about it. Mm-hmm. Or say, we don't know where it came from. As That's even just, more honest than saying... As opposed to making up some fairy yeah, tale. Yeah, making something and up. And declaring it to be fact. And it's, uh, yeah. Well, they can't say, we don't know. Right. They but have to know. But I, I, if you want to see something really interesting, watch that special. It's called Unknown on Netflix, and it's about the Hubble telescope. Very interesting mm-hmm. watching that. It's interesting in that it was a mechanical and scientific marvel mm. that they could get something that big into outer space and then unfurl it and mm. get those pictures. Just amazing. Well, and one of the advantages to being out in space is that you don't have to try to look through the atmosphere. Well, yeah, mm. that's what's so cool about there's it. A, there's an awful lot of Distortion. material. Just, just to, to give you an idea of the mass of what's between us and outer space, it's... Um, by weight, it's about like looking through about thirty feet of water. Well, that's why you know they looked on. They use 33. all the telescopes now and look at it. And from Earth, and these pictures they're getting now are or just amazing. Right. I mean, right. just amazing. Right, because you can get so much more clarity outside the atmosphere. I mean, you could have a you could write a really cool science fiction story about that. You're telling me if you were an alien in space and you saw that this civilization had sent out a camera, you wouldn't be like, let's go mess with that camera. Let's go get them. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. You know, go down and 
take grab, some selfies. D- off. Grab it, look in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my whole thing, and I think Aaron would agree with me on this. That's some place that has that kind of advanced technology that they can travel light years to come check out what we're doing. That the best that they can do is do an anal canal check on somebody in a trailer park. Or, or get shot I, down I, I, by I, a missile. Yeah, but I, I, you got to question that. Why would you come to Earth and do, you know, anal probes? I don't get it. Maybe it's Hollywood. Wouldn't they have something better, some new technology that they could do it without I, I, having to ram up, it, uh, maybe, you know, a camera into maybe, your intestines? Maybe this is just one of those... Um, fantasies of hollywood i think it's fantasy (laughs) i do think and i'm sorry there's these people who think they've seen them and you know well i'm a i'm a fighter pilot and this and that and all of that that don't carry a lot of weight with me i've met some of you (laughs) i'm just saying that was part of my job in the military was trying to trying you guys to understand that you couldn't say certain things and you couldn't figure that out. But you can a UFO? Oh, please. Listen, Fred, you cannot go around telling everyone that we saw aliens, okay? Yeah. yeah. You would think so. They don't uh, They don't have it figured. And, and it, you know, everybody wants to quote, you know, from that movie that Jodie Foster was in. What was that called? It started with a C. What was yeah. it about? It was about aliens. No. It was contact. Was that, that was it. It was contact. Mm. And uh, she was in that machine that they got those things. They got uh, blueprints from outer space or something. And they built this thing, and she got in it. And she, they figure out, they thought she was not even gone, is what they said, in this machine. When, in fact, she was gone for quite some time mm-hmm. in the reality she was in. But uh, her dad, at the very beginning of the movie, said, uh, he looks up in the space and he goes, do you believe that there's extraterrestrial life? And her father looks at a lot of wasted space if there's not. <laughs> as though that's an answer. That's not an answer. That isn't an answer. You don't have to fill up every crevice of your home with stuff. You don't have to fill up. Fill it's up, your home, though, still, you, right? You know, Yeah, you don't have to fill up every crevice of the universe with people. Yeah, no, but, just, but in theory, is there an end to it? Well, they're saying that it's still expanding. How they know that, I'm not exactly but, sure, but, but they you, say but, it's okay, still so expanding. Okay, so what's what's beyond space? They don't know. That's what I'm saying, though, Paul. That's that's what I I find so interesting about humans is they get out there and they see the farthest reaches of the galaxy they've and, ever seen. And they decide, well, this is the edge. Yeah. They say, wow, isn't just, this cool? It's, this is billions of years old. It's arrogant. And it doesn't make them wonder what put it there? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's just sort of this intellectual arrogance that they, well, we have the answers. It's like, well, that's the way Huxley was. Huxley's a great science fiction writer, a great philosopher, and he honestly believed that you took a thousand chimpanzees and set them in front of typewriters for long enough and you'd get and, um, Shakespeare. Just, yeah, you'd get Shakespeare. Just uh, banging away on the you'd, keys. You'd get... That's that it's ridiculous. That that's what Paul was talking about in the Bible when he said, you know, thinking themselves wise, they became fools. You're foolish if you don't 
you can't see this, that you, that you can't just step outside your front door and look up and say, there is a God. But no, instead you conclude, well, this happened by chance. It all happened by chance. That's exactly and, and right. And it was a, oh, and, and by the way, life just sparked into existence. And you tell because me. Because it wanted to. You say to me, prove there's a God. And I'll say, prove there isn't. You can't prove it. There's nothing to prove, something that's beyond our capabilities to understand. And if that is the case, it's a matter of faith at that point. And, and, and it, that's the point that and, they don't want to get into. And some of what it comes down to is that, like you said earlier, if they would just say, I don't know, that would be a vast improvement over what they're doing. At least it'd be truthful. Yeah, because instead of saying, well, we have this answer, it's it's just nonsense, some of their answers, their their, their ideas are like, they're they're contrary to the science we know, and yet this is their answer. Well, yeah, because if they can't explain it, 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 it they got to say something to prove that they're smart. They got to get that grant. We got to get that grant. Just saying. All right, back with you. Okay, come on, Paul. It, his hat beginning in the end. That's what it means. Beginning in the end. That's what it is. You, you just made he's a statement got, just before he, he came on. About he's got the first and the last letter of the Hebrew alphabet on his hat. And, of course, when we translated the scriptures into English, we said, alpha, or Greek, in fact, Alpha and Omega. Which would be, which which would is the Greek, Greek alphabet. As opposed to the Hebrew alphabet. That's correct. Absolutely. And if we go back to reading it in the original Hebrew, we might learn some extra things. I'm, anyway, sorry. Get me started. I'm, I'm big. I'm big Hebraic believer, uh, as far as that goes. It, it, you know, it, it introduce our guest. Here. No, so this yeah. is um, Representative Wayne Wayne Long. Well, of course, our listeners didn't know he was here because they can't see him yet. <laughs> right. The cameras right. are so here, he, but they're not working. He, he yet. came in to talk about um, a bill that he filed and got passed this past this most recent legislative session. Is supposed to go into effect tomorrow, if I understand it correctly. It's right. a, it is a bill. Unless it's, a judge says it can't. This is, this is a bill. It's called the, you call it the Given Name Act. It's to essentially make sure that teachers are allowed to refer to children as by their own names and with their own real and not, pronouns. And, and not, not have and to not, worry about right, saying and, their own pronouns. And can't pronoun, be right? forced to, um, to basically regender a child or change the gender of a child based upon their latest um, fascination or um, delusions. All right, so let me let me bring Wayne up. He'll love this. Why do we need this kind of a bill? Why would I mean? Surely, nobody would get upset if you called them by their wrong gender, right? Well, let me just well, tell you, take well, you, correct gender for that. Yeah, let me take you to your to to this law that is pending. It's a piece of legislation that's pending uh, in Michigan, and in Michigan they now have written a piece of uh, of of uh, a bill seeking to amend the Great Lakes uh, state's hate crime laws to include quote gender identity or expression unquote kind of comes right back to what you've already addressed in our legislature, right? We're, we're doing the opposite, Dave. We're, we're making sure that people are not uh, being forced Persecuted. To, or, or compelling speech. Yeah. Uh, listen, to, listen to the rest of it. This is crazy. 
This is why we need laws like this. Because people will say, oh, this is a waste of time. No, it's not. It is not a waste of time. This allows for the, per, uh, the prosecution of perceived, perceived, let me use that word, that it's their word, not mine, perceived intimidation. Perceived intimidation. Many state house rep- uh, Republicans are fighting against this to keep it from uh, being made into law. What happens if it's made into a law and uh, somebody enforces it? Well, HB 4474, offenders are guilty of a felony punishable by imprisonment for not more than five years or by a fine of not more than $10,000. The bill states, quote, gender identity or expression, unquote, means having or being perceived as having a gender-related self-identity or expression, whether or not associated with an individual's assigned sex at birth. I rest my case. Thank you. I appreciate that you brought this bill up. Well, there was obviously a need for it. Um, there, were, there were teachers out in our state that um, basically were feeling uh, pressured and, and intimidated into saying things that they knew weren't true. And after I filed the bill, uh, a teacher from Northwest Arkansas contacted me, and she was a single mom, and uh, she she told me she had already told the administration she was not going to participate in this. And what did they tell her? They they didn't say they were going to fire her, but they uh, they threatened her. They weren't happy, but she was you know, basically just in limbo. A little um, bit of intimidation there. A lot. Okay. But uh, this lady, she was strong in faith, and she was going to uh, stand up even if it cost her job. And like I said earlier, she's a single mom. So this, this is not like uh, a small thing to her, but she really believed that uh, to participate in calling children uh, by incorrect pronouns or, or their made-up name was a, um, uh, a, a something that she just could not do. Well, good for her. Yeah, and uh, when, after I talked to her, I thought, you know, we really got to pass this bill because, you know, I, I was a, aware of the problem, but this, you know, kind of put a face on it. So let me ask, when you started run, when you started talking to your fellow, you know, lawmakers, and you started uh, talking about this bill, how many of them looked at you and said, oh, we don't need something like this, ain't going to ever happen? Not in Arkansas. Uh, the, the Democrats said that. I, I didn't have any Republicans <laughs> say that. Uh, in fact, when we were uh, debating on the House floor, one of the Democrat colleagues uh, said, well, you know, how many people is this happening to? Because that's usually what they would always say. A state say. called yeah. Michigan. Well, you know, this was back in the spring before the yeah. Michigan law came up. But uh, they, um, they they always were saying, it's like, well, that's in another state. Is this happening in Arkansas? And you know, I had the example. I said, it's happening in Arkansas. And the, and the, the uh, Democrat uh, uh, legislator said, only one person? And Let's take a break on that. We'll, we've got a lot more to talk about in the next hour here in a moment. Dave Ellswick Show, stay with us. All right, let's get back to it. We move into the second hour. It is a Monday, and uh, I don't know how you're feeling today. I, I went through a long explanation about it was hard getting out of bed today. Yesterday I went out. I didn't get in the sun you know, out in the sun and and try to pick up a razor or anything like that. I sat under a big umbrella at the side of a pool at a pool party we were at. And because they won't let me get into the pool yet, my foot doctor won't because of that new skin. They want it to have plenty of time to get 
tight and tough. So I couldn't do that, but I sat out and I I sweated, man. It was hot out there. Yesterday. And I got up this morning and I can say that's it's the first day in a long time, probably from the first show when I went back to doing mornings again of not feeling like I really wanted to get out of bed. <laughs> I had I had to wake up twice. My wife had to nudge me twice today. And she does normally alarm goes up, I get up. Not today. That, that that he just sucks it out of you, really does, and I and I admit, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot older than I used to be, and uh, and I thank God that I'm looking down on the grass and not up at it yet, and uh, but that that heat just has a has an effect on you now as you get older, it really does, and it, and it makes it worse if you start off in the middle of the day instead of in the early part of the day. Well, yeah, and and I got over there. We went to church in the morning. Uh, I couldn't get my wife up for early service, so we ended up at the eleven o'clock so service. You, you didn't get outside in the heat. I didn't get out there until it was about so two o'clock when we arrived. Yeah. So you so. started off about the hottest and part the, of the day. Yeah, just about. You, you stepped out of air conditioning. So that's yeah. just that, that is miserable. It's asking, you know, yeah. it's terrible. But it's we, not near as bad if you start off at about seven o'clock in the morning to get get out there, and your your body acclimates, and you you feel a lot better. Okay, but we got a state re- uh, representative yes, with us, and where where is he from? You tell us. Um, District 39. District 39. You're kind of up north of Cersei area? I, my my uh, uh, district starts basically at the north part of the city limits of Cersei, goes up to Newport, uh, so it takes in everything in between, you know, Baldnob, Jensonia, Bradford, uh, Newport, and then it you know, goes over and catches a little bit of Independence County. Of course, the only reason I know anything about uh, north of Cersei is that we at one time had a state treasurer. It was up there in that <laughs> she area. Was in Newport. And she liked cherry pie. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. She did time for that, didn't she? Yeah. How many years did she do? I don't don't know, but I think she learned her lesson. She's out now. Yeah. You know, she's out. She knows better than to steal people's money, especially people of the state's money, as far as that goes. And and pretty interesting that ever since we've had Republican treasurers how much money those guys have raised, you know, with the way that they've they've taken care of our money. Just managing it better. Yeah, Dennis did a good job. Milligan did a good job. And Chris Lowry, God bless him, passed away here just recently. Uh, he uh, he did a good job and was doing a good job when uh, he had that stroke. By the way, you went to the uh, funeral, Anna, for mm-hmm. uh, Lowry. How was it? It was good. It was a really good service. Did they have it in the Capitol? Um, so they had him lie in state at the Capitol the day before, and then they had the funeral at um, New Life Church of Greater Little Rock. Okay, right off of Crystal Hills Road mm-hmm. there. Okay. Know where that's at? Where was the internment? Or was he, um, you know? I'm not sure. Well, you didn't follow the, all the cars? I thought that it was more family and stuff going oh, okay. to the actual right. gravesite. Yeah. Give them some time around the gravesite. Yeah. Okay. Say goodbye. But Makes it sense. Was, it was great. Um, the family spoke and yeah. It's really he was, a lot of people don't know about Mark. He was a great guy. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was really a great guy. He was a great friend to this this show. He was on he was, a lot. He was. Yeah, we, we, yeah, he, he was a friend from the show. I mean, yeah. that's just how we knew him. And, and Matt. Yeah. We come on and, and, you know, I talked a lot of education with him. 
that's where we spent our uh, most of our hours now when he decided that he's going to run for treasurer we spent a lot of time talking about BlackRock and people like that yeah. and whether we should be putting our money mm-hmm. uh, with BlackRock and stuff. And, of course, uh, he immediately wanted to yeah. move the money away from that and did when he was elected. So uh, he kept his word. Mm-hmm. He did. He they, kept his word. They talked a lot about um, his perseverance and his thankfulness were the two points that they really hit. And I think that sums him up pretty well. He I think perseverance is his number one trait. Oh, yeah. He fought, and he would fight, and he would fight, and he would fight some more. And and he had some eye problems. So for a period I there during his that. race, um, he, I think, I'm not sure exactly what it was. I can't remember now. He told me. but So he had someone who was driving him around um, to different places sometimes, especially, I think, at night. And, yeah, he came to the Lenoke County Committee, and that's just, I think, really sums it up and for see, me and for him. And see, that's important to you as f- about the eyesight, because mm-hmm. you have some problems with your eyesight. Yeah, because, um, yeah, with my eyesight, you know, not being able to drive is always something that's an, an possibility at every moment. So you to really see him get out and still run the race and be at the committee meetings mm-hmm. and the fairs, regardless of what was going on, was just always encouraging. Just so everybody knows, it's not like he was blind, but he was vision impaired. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. I never realized it, though. Well, that, that was a recent thing, though. Yeah, and I think that was a development a that came or something. Up. Maybe a light stroke. Or maybe, maybe it was uh, cataracts or something. Okay. I'm not sure, but. I was going to say, I, I met Mark probably 30 years ago when he was involved in, uh, I think it was the first thing I, I met him, he was uh, involved in the Christian Coalition. Yep. If you remember back in those days. So I'd known him a long time, and then when he, when he got in the legislature, I, I followed him just like I didn't have much contact with him at that right. time, but I was I was always rooting for him because he was just staunchly pro-life and, and fought for uh, godly things, I thought, and um, he'll be he'll be missed, but I was, I was really tickled that he won that miraculous victory because... He, he did it with a shoestring budget. Isn't it amazing? I mean, seriously, when you look when he ran for uh, for treasurer, I can tell you within the party, the people that I knew, nobody thought he had a chance. Mm-hmm. And in the primary, he blew out his challenger. Who was the challenger? I've forgotten. Uh, if you give me time, I'll, I'll it remember. It wasn't Brown, was it? No. no. He, he was a senator from Fort Smith. Yeah. Matt, Matt Pitch. 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 That's oh, who wow. it was, Pitch. <clears throat> and everybody thought Pitch is going to win, and Pitch lost. Mm-hmm. And then everybody kept saying, well, now we got a problem in the treasurer's race. And he just crushed the person that ran. Oh, yes. Yeah. When you saw Mark Lowry at an event, you always knew he was happy to be there. Whenever he came to talk to you, he was always just... Uh, actually happy to see you and to meet new people and to be there you know some politicians show up and they're like hey i'm here I, it was on my calendar so i came but it was never like that with you're, you're lowry lucky to, you're lucky to see me yeah with lowry it was always he was just happy to be there. and let me tell you if you vote for me and you elect me you'll never see me again <laughs> yeah that kind of promise thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's some yeah. i wish they would say that they would promise uh, you know as far as that so let's go back to again explain to everybody the bill that uh, you will become law tomorrow yes sir uh here in the state and uh when you put it together why you put it together 
I think that's important. The story behind it is really important. Well, it, you know, it, to me, it, it's unbelievable that we need to pass a law to prevent people from being forced to, her, to stop compelled speech. I'm, I don't know why anyone would feel better about themselves if they make you lie to them. And that's basically what they're, they're asking teachers to do is lie and, and act yeah, like they yeah. approved of the situation. But it's Act 542. Like Dave said, it goes into effect uh, tomorrow, August 1st. And that's why I wanted to come on today because you know, a lot of times you know, we'll pass laws in the legislature and, and people aren't aware of it. And you know, that old deal about uh, if you don't know your rights, you don't have any. Well, that's right. I, well, in our state constitution, it clearly says that, and um, I think it was our, the um, Declaration of Rights, under the religious section, it says uh, no citizen can be compelled to do anything against their uh, their con- uh, conscience, and that's exactly what uh, these school districts were trying to do. They were trying to force people to do things that they knew in their heart. They know, were trying unbiblical. to get them to call a boy a girl. Yes, uh-huh. and um, my, my bill basically just simply says that if you uh, don't believe that's right, uh, you don't have to participate, and that's for teachers professors you know in higher education uh school employees the janitor bus driver uh, you know anybody in the the education system uh, is now protected they can't be fired or uh even harassed uh, by the 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 school district and if they are uh, they have standing to sue the school district for that harassment but we that in other states they called this the pronoun uh, bill right and uh, and we did it an amendment to it to basically beef it up a little bit more. So we added a uh, section that says uh, a uh, school district has to have written permission from the parents of a child who wants to, you know, go by a different pronoun. And um, so that would, you know, require parental involvement because some of the school districts would allow this to happen at school, but they were keeping it quiet, and the parents didn't know what was going on. And that would be even before the that would be before a teacher or other staff were allowed to even call the child by a different pronoun. It, and the, then even if they were allowed, they still weren't required to. Right, that, that's correct. Uh, you know, even if the you know, the parents give permission, uh, anyone that working at the school does not have to participate. You, know, you have people there that doesn't bother them, uh, knock the stuff out. They they can go along with this uh, this. Uh, uh, child's preference or whatever, but at least the child knows that there's a lot of adults that don't think this is correct. Maybe they'll start to question it because if if everybody just keeps basically you know, pandering to it, uh, they they may grow up thinking that everything everybody thinks this is okay. And when, that really is important for children because children really need adults to ground them in truth and reality. Is but when a, when the adults don't come along and say you're wrong, this is actually the reality then children come up with dumb ideas all the time oh yeah and they'll they'll hurt themselves Mm -hmm. they they think they can fly yeah yeah (laughs) i mean how how many of us had 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 siblings or knew somebody that that put on a cape and tried to jump out of a window Mm -hmm. or something yeah i mean and and it didn't work out very well for them that's right yeah that you might think that you can do a lot of things but gravity proves you wrong (laughs) yeah that proves you wrong real fast all right got to get our break in here our first break of the uh, eight o'clock hour i got to remind you about uh, qc kinetics Uh, they want you to know that they stand ready to help you with this new methodology uh, of being able to uh, take care of of joint pain and things of that nature it's stuff that uh, that uh, 
drives you crazy. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You get up in the morning, your knees hurt, your back hurts, maybe it's your shoulder, uh, you know, it can be your hands, it can be your feet. A lot of things uh, can start going sideways the older you get. And uh, if you want to keep that from happening, you want to take my advice and call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics, what they do is they make that pain go away with all-natural advanced regenerative medicine. They're uh, helping people every day with these amazing natural treatments that restore and repair damaged joint tissue. It's like turning back the clock. Regenerative medicine uses concentrated healing agents from your own body to stimulate the damaged tissue in your joints so they can work like they're supposed to and they're zero downtime. Now, if you have arthritis, you you will be amazed at what this can do for you. Uh, if you have pain due to an injury, you'll be amazed at what this can do for you. What you've got to do is you've got to use this remarkable option, and the only way you can do is by checking it out, and the consultation for that is free. You call QC Kinetics at 501-222-8440. That's uh, 501-222-8440. Again, QC Kinetics, 501-222-8440. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We're uh, sitting at about 24 minutes after 8. If you're supposed to be uh, at work at 8 o'clock, sorry you're late. Uh, you might want to go just a little bit faster to, to get where you need to go. But bottom line is uh, it's 24 after 8 right now. So let's go back and talk further about this. Uh, what is the bill known as? What is it? The pronoun bill? Is it a pronoun bill? Is that uh, what they're uh, saying? No, we, we, we named it the, the Given Name Act. The Given Name Act. Yeah. Okay. So that so makes it, even more sense. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, the school basically is supposed to just abide by you know, whatever the parents uh, decided the child's name was going to be at birth. So it's based upon what it says on their birth certificate. Okay, so let's let's get one thing out of the way real fast. P- I know there's people saying, why do we need to waste our time on a bill like this? Well, I'm sure that the people in uh, Michigan didn't think they would need a bill like this. But they do have a bill now that is uh, being considered, and we'll see if it becomes law, called a gender identity or expression bill allows for prosecution of perceived intimidation by people who won't call somebody by their uh, misgendered name. I, I don't know of any better way to put it than that. If you won't call a, a boy who thinks he's a girl a girl and you won't talk uh, to a boy or to a girl who thinks she's a boy and you got to call her a boy. Uh, now, if you misgender up in uh, Michigan, if this is passed, a person who identifies as transgender, uh, it, it's going, it, you're going to be persecuted for it. Uh, Democrats say, uh, quote, you can now prosecute uh, and uh, persecute political opposition because of this. Town, uh, town Hall reports, and you know, complete transparency, Town Hall is owned by Salem, who owns this station. According to Bill HB 4474, offenders are, quote, guilty of a felony, not a misdemeanor, a felony, punishable by imprisonment. 
for not more than five years and uh, a fine of not more than $10,000. So so when you're in boot camp and the drill sergeant says, okay, ladies, give me 50 push-ups, is he going to be subject to prosecution? I don't know. <laughs> the bill states, here's what the bill states. It says, quote, gender identity or expression means having or being perceived being uh, being whether it's true or not that's what that's that means what they just said there uh, being or perceived as having a gender related self identity or expression whether or not associated with an individual's assigned sex at birth what what about a political expression bill that makes it where you cannot intimidate or for them to perceive intimidation about their political viewpoints. If or we, their if, religious viewpoints or whatever else, yes. I mean, if you're it, violating someone's rights whenever you intimidate them, then you're violating their rights when you intimidate them all the way around, not just about their well, When I look at this, I don't see schools as much as I see churches. This sounds like to me they're going, well, it's, it's Whitmer, Whitmer, Whitmer up there. She's going after the church. The way I've... I've Notice things happen. It's usually, you know, you'll see stuff pop up in Europe. Next, it's Canada. in Canada. Yeah, and then, you know, it's for now several it's years, I've been arresting pastors in Canada. Yes, uh, because of hate speech. And then after Canada, usually you'll see it in California. And after California, it spreads to usually the Northeast, but this time, of course, Michigan. But that's usually the pattern. So, it's, you know, if a person is paying attention, you can see what's coming down the road. So just look at Canada. Yeah, I and I agree wholeheartedly with that, and. Uh, if you're a pastor, this is something you should be paying attention, and you should be talking to your congregation about it. I'm going to think that you would talk to your congregation and say, "If you're a boy, you think you're a girl. Oh, we got we need to do some scripture study in here because, yeah, God don't make no trash. I'm just telling you, okay? You got to think about that. You really need to think about it. <laughs> so, I, <coughs> excuse me. I know that you're excited about this going into law tomorrow how much uh, back pushback have you had to deal with on this uh you know i i got a lot of a lot of emails and, and phone calls mostly from out of state uh, <laughs> it's yeah. probably from michigan yeah, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> not 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 much from arkansas um uh, i was sort of surprised that even the democrats didn't really you know, push back have a hissy uh I, I think they know it's like it's not right to try to force people to to say things they don't believe it's like you know you know when it's that that uh, apparent that even democrats see it it's it's pretty apparent this know, isn't the hill to die on well and it's it's one of those things that in arkansas you're not this is not a this is not a hill to die on in arkansas but this is one of those fundamental concepts of, of free speech is that free speech doesn't protect your right to lie it protects your right to tell the truth that's the nature of it, and you can you can get in trouble for lying, and it's well. Don't talk defamation. to Democrats about that, <laughs> or politicians in general. They think but, it gives them every right in the world to but, to to lie as well. All right, let's get back to it here on the Dave Ellswick show, and let's uh, talk further with Wayne here about his bill, which is coming out, which says the teacher doesn't have to call a student by other than. What they were born biologically as. In other words, if it's a boy, you can call it a boy even though they want you to be called a girl. Or even if the parents want you to call them a girl, you can still call them a boy because that's 
what's on their birth certificate. That's what's true. And that's what's really important. Well, I know that's what's true, but here's the key. There's states now that are allowing people to go back on their birth certificates change and change, their, change their, what they were born mm. as into what they say that they are now. Wow. Yeah. So that that's, that's dangerous in and of itself a, as well. That's state-sanctioned false falsification. What would be, what, what be interesting, when you thinking about running a bill in 25 about that, that you can't change your birth certificate? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about running a lot of bills in 25. <laughs> 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 anyway, I've got to get reelected first, and, and, I'm, and I praise God that I, I got to – you know, be be there for this this session, but um, uh, you know, because the the time we had to be able to, to file bills was very short for people that were new. Right. Uh, I'm really looking forward to being able to work on a lot of bills. Are you working on them period. now? Oh yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll be ready when when the first day hits because I I done a um, or asked for a bill uh, to be uh, drafted the first part of December, uh, and it was basically it was the um, uh, one just like the. Uh, Second Amendment Preservation Act that they did in Missouri. Okay. Almost, almost identical. All shit. All they had to do was change the, the name from Missouri to Arkansas, and and you know and adjust the, the codes and sections and everything. And six weeks later, you know, I got it. <laughs> but by then, it, there was uh, uh, some problems pointed out to me that I need to work on, and I worked on them for a while. And it's like pretty soon, it's like okay, I'm just going to shelf this, come back to it, uh, or I'm not going to have time to get anything done. One of the frustrating things is the Bureau of Legislative Research was so clogged up, mm-hmm. and so you had legislators like yourself and others, I think, that that had legislation that you wanted written and put together, they just, they just didn't get to it. Well, well the, the Bureau so is they're they're working all the time. But if you just got elected, between the time that you're elected and the time that you show up for the first, you know, general assembly that you're going to be part of, is what about two months, three months? Uh, no, it, it basically it was the first part of December was when we were eligible to request Start bills oh, be drafted okay. mm-hmm. uh, because you know there was months and a that, half then. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I really, you know, I wish they'd had some sort of. Uh, something set up to where the, the new people would be prioritized during that last month because everybody else basically had had, you know, a year and a half to, to do things like I will this next time. But um, that uh, the deal about uh, them being so backed up, of course, you know, the, the, the education bill that we worked on was 144 pages. Yeah. The crime bill, I don't know how big it was, but both of them were huge. Maybe. And uh, they, um, uh, they just basically – it sucked up all the oxygen uh, because uh, I guess they had all hands on deck because that was the governor's priority. Well, mm-hmm. it was a, a governor's priority, but she was in the same position that you were. She'd just been elected. Mm-hmm. So now she's time constrained as well to get that stuff going. She has a little more pool than I do. Though. Well, yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying that she doesn't, but I'm just saying that she did run into those, you know, putting it all together. That's why it's not like everybody had you know, months to read the legislation. Right. And, and the Learns Act officially goes into, into um, tomorrow. A place tomorrow. So uh, if, if your child is eligible under those special provisions, you need to go ahead and get your uh, applications in. Get it in. Yeah, that's uh, this will be the first year. There's going to be a three-year rollout. That's correct. going to take some time. But I when it's all rolled out, I'm excited. Paul will tell you how excited I am about this. this. I've been working on this since... Or wanting to see this happen and been trying to teach about it and all the rest since 
I got here in 2000, and then it picked up steam when Westerman came and saw me in 2010 when he was first elected to the state legislature. And he says, Dave, I want to come on your show. And I said, what do you want to talk about? He says, I got a way to get around uh, the, uh, the Lakeview case, and, and that was to give every student the money to go to whatever school they wanted to. That was equitable at mm-hmm. that point. Sure. And uh, made sense to me, and I started fighting for it then. You know, he took the slings and arrows, believe me, uh, because of that. I like, always refer to... They were fighting tooth and nail just to get a pilot program. For Westerman, I, I, I you know, I asked him. He's very, he's very good about not taking, you know, not taking uh, any kind of... Uh, responsibility for the learns act but i gotta tell you what if it wasn't for him there'd be no such thing as the learns act he did he did and he they called him every name in the book but his real christian given name (laughs) (laughs) i can be honest about that i heard him i saw it and it wasn't just democrats calling him those names either it was republicans i mean that's the thing is that the reason why it didn't get passed over the last couple of sessions while we had massive Republican majorities is because Republicans. That's right. right. Hey, they my against it. first time ever testifying in a I think it was a House committee. I was small. I couldn't. Eight maybe around that area and it was against some standardized testing that they were having done. It was a part of Common Core when yeah. all the Common Core stuff yeah. was going on. So Education. This education and freedom of education has been coming for a long time. Yeah, don't let don't let her kind of play that off. Her at eight was like most kids showing up at seventeen, <laughs> you know, and and talking. She's my ben, my new Ben Shapiro. Ben oh. Shapiro yeah. started on my show. I didn't know that many many no years yeah. ago, <laughs> and now I found another one, and another protege. Not for me, but just a protege and that she understands a whole lot more than what a lot of politicians say that they understand. Well, you know, Arizona had started uh, this uh, school choice yeah, they're some going, years ago. Yeah. And yeah. You know, they, they just sort of been uh, you know, just cut, you know, cutting a little bit away at a time. And then uh, just recently, you know, just before we did, they, they basically all in. Jumped it they, in. And they did it with yeah, one vote majorities that. in the House and the Senate. Oh, wow. Which, you know, I, I, I had a chance to meet their uh, house whip mm-hmm. uh, this this uh, past week at a, at a conference, and this, you know, asking her, it's like, how do you keep everybody together? And it's mm-hmm. like, we don't have any choice. <laughs> but you know, with us having 82, 82 out of a hundred seats, um, you know, it, it seems like things should be a little easier for us. But should be. Some, yeah. Sometimes we've got some pretty serious mm-hmm. difficulties in getting some. And when you consider that in the governor's uh, office. You know, you have a person from Arizona, mm-hmm. is it Gretchen? Yep, yep. That uh, worked with Ducey to get all this done. Oh, yep, yeah. and she was instrumental in, in, in getting it done. When I heard that she had come on board, it made me feel a lot better because I really liked the Arizona model. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, you know, she, she brought that with her, basically. Man, she brought it. She, yeah. she already lived through it, mm-hmm. all the fights. The same thing with o- Oliva. I mean, he's... He's lived through a lot of that yeah, in Florida, Florida's and now been, he's here. They've been at it a while. Yeah, so it's 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 exciting to see what's happening. And so tomorrow it becomes law, so I'm excited about that. That means that if CAPES doesn't have their, I, th- I think if they don't have their signatures tomorrow, they're, they're SOL. Mm-hmm. Simply out of luck. 
Okay, <laughs> that's what it means. Simply out of luck. All right, it's eight forty-four in the morning. This is great. What else are you working on? You got some things up your sleeve, or you want to keep them close to your chest? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I, I uh, announced I was going to run for uh, majority whip. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, and really never intended to run for anything like that. But um, uh, the, the gentleman that had uh, been doing it for the, uh, for the past uh, session, he announced that he wasn't going to do it. And I, I was thinking, it's like, who, who's a good conservative we can get to do that job? And uh, I you know, just kind of kept thinking about it. And I thought, yeah, I could do that. It doesn't require making speeches. It's just a lot of hard work behind the scenes. And I thought, you know, that, that would be something I, that I could do. So I'm hoping that uh, that uh, my colleagues might uh, find it in their, their heart to vote for me uh, next April when we, we decide who the new majority leader is and the new speaker. Yeah, so let's talk about speaker. Evan seems to be the person whose name I keep hearing all the time is going to be Speaker of the House. Can you work with him? Oh, yeah. He, he was our, I was on the education committee, and he was our chairman. He did a great job as chairman, and he's a super nice guy. Uh, but, you know, there are several other guys running, and there's some others that haven't announced yet that's going to be running. So it's really not a, uh, a done deal yet, I think. Now, you can go, Anna, you can talk to this. I mean, wasn't Evans not all in about, you know, school choice for a long time and then all of a sudden became a big purveyor of school choice? I think that there are a lot of ways that you can interpret school choice and that makes especially legislators, representatives, and senators nervous. It's just a kind of broad term, but I think once you start getting into the specifics of it and you had an actual physical bill and you had a model from Arizona, I think that everyone started getting on board and excited about it. Made it easier for him. mm -hmm. And I think that, um, obviously, I mean, you were there whenever they did the hearings for the Learns Act. Um, Whenever he was chairing the committee, um, it was a particular public hearing, and you signed up to speak, and we were there until 12 o'clock. And the yeah, representatives are just and hours and hours speaking, there. and the public hadn't gotten a chance to speak. And he said, you know, you guys can talk about this amongst yourselves however much you want, but we're going to hear every name that signed up to speak on that list. Good for him. And, and that was one of those moments yeah. where I, it was like, okay, they're serious. I think we set a record for the, the longest um, committee meeting. <laughs> yeah, I think that was long as long For a single bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that, that, I, that I think they came back the next morning. Oh, it, it seemed like it never would end. Uh, but you know, when when the time come to vote, you know, it was it was overwhelming it was on quick. the committee. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was quick and done, and it d- didn't take long when it went to the well of the of the house either. Oh no, it you know when you could, it was nice to have a governor that basically aligns ideologically with a lot of the people in the house. That's not been the case in recent history, and uh, so I think you know people were glad to work with her on it, and I was really glad to see you know that she was running a lot of not running but uh, supporting a lot of our conservative bills and she was very supportive of my bill and had a little signing ceremony and everything so uh, so you got a pen didn't you yeah i did yeah did you get a picture yeah Yeah, have you have you have you put it in a frame yet no no i i I need to do that but um uh, we uh, really hadn't got our offices set up at the uh, at the Capitol yet. We're, we're kind of in transition from one building to another, so I'll probably get that done. All right. Well, we'll come back. We'll finish up our conversation in a moment. Just know that his bill goes into effect tomorrow. Learns Act goes into effect tomorrow. 
a judge in all of his due diligence has held up the library bill on a couple of technicalities. I'll see if I can't get Dan Sullivan on tomorrow to talk about that uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, we've got to get a break in. I need to remind you about Pat Davis and how your family, your health plan, your health insurance uh, can be reduced by 30 to 50 percent through Pat Davis, that uh, your deductible can be reduced by uh, considerable amounts, and you'll not have any co-pays. So if you take all that into consideration, and I always say take it what, what that is per month and multiply it by 12, uh, this is like a high school math problem, all right? Johnny has health insurance. He saves 50% of it per, per month. He also saves 25% on his deductible, and he has no more co-pays, and he pays every month this amount of money in co-pays. How much money will Johnny save over a year? All right, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty good uh, problem right there. You'll find out it's thousands of dollars, and you can start saving that money today by just calling over to Pat Davis and talking to him or one of the members of his health plan man bills one five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five. He'll make it even easier. You don't even have to talk to him. If you want to talk, you can. If you don't, you can text one five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five. If you own a small business, you're still offering your workers uh, health insurance. You can save tens of thousands of dollars. That should get your ears perked up real quick. One five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five, or just visit yourhealthplanman dot com. Answer. All right, all right, all right. That's right. Let's get back to it right here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And we're just talking. We uh, talking with Wayne about he saw Sounds of Freedom, mm-hmm. which is a great movie. If you have not seen that, you need to go see it. All right. I think it's made one hundred and thirty eight million dollars now. Cost thirteen million to make, mm-hmm. so they're 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 uh, they're black. feeling very good about that. And it's, it's done by the the uh, same people that do the uh, uh, series called The Chosen. Yes, The Chosen, which is a great oh yeah show yeah. on on television that you can still. I think it's on Prime now, isn't it? Uh, they have it's a, their own little app that you can download for your uh, smart TV, uh-huh. and you can just watch it on the Angel Studios app. Okay, but anyway, it's good. I've I watched the first two seasons, I believe, is what I watched. So I was uh, impressed by it. Uh, with that said, I uh, want to move back and, and talk about uh, our our crime legislation that went through. That was the other omnibus bill, basically, that went through uh, uh, the Senate and the House and then to the governor's signature. But you were saying that within that bill, Child trafficking, you have to serve 100% of the service. That's right. 90% or I think it was 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, there was some of it's 85%, yeah. but yeah. a lot of it, there's, there's some that they say you must serve yeah. Every 100%. Day ever. Yeah. And, and that's one of them. The, uh, you know, prior, prior to this bill, uh, many of the um, uh, sentences were basically people were serving like one-sixth of their yeah, sentence. It's ridiculous. 15% or something like that, yeah. and it, which is... Crazy. Not, not, not much of an incentive not to commit crimes. Yeah, but, you're right but about now, that. But you now they're going to be serving. Well, it kind of gives it kind of gives citizens a false sense of 
the the penalties mm-hmm. of, that are that are being imposed, and so it's it's oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a truth in sentencing yeah. piece of legislation. Which well, you hear that got sentenced to 10, 10 years. It's like, well, that's good. When of course, it, in reality, it was a year and a half, mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. which is which is ridiculous. Right. Uh, but why which not just means you never your, that means you never got out of the county jail, probably. Maybe, yeah. Which what what should have happened though is that if we're going to make it a year and a half, let's call it a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, as, as opposed to let's call it instead of calling it ten years now. Well, I, I don't like much the federal government does, but one thing they do do is they don't do early parole or anything. It's you're going to serve every day of the sentence. And that's why criminals here in the state would ask, is this a state crime or is this a federal mm-hmm. crime? Yeah, I was told they'd cry when, when they heard it's federal. Yeah, because they knew they were going to do the time yeah. for breaking the law. And right. doing the time in federal prison is, is a lot much more difficult. Yeah, In my, my home county, the new sheriff up there, uh, he feeds them, um, uh, I think, scrambled eggs for breakfast, bologna sandwich without cheese for lunch, and beans and cornbread for supper every day of the week. That sounds like, uh, you know, Sheriff of Ohio out of Arizona. Well, yeah, he used to make, wear pink underwear uh, also. I've so. got a pair of those <laughs> that's signed by Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I got to be good friends with him. I, I met him one time, but I was real proud. Uh, Boy, he was charismatic. Our, our sheriff, he, uh, he said... That he, he thinks that a lot of these folks are not going to do anything to come back just because of the, the meal plan. I don't want to eat that again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's been approved by dietitians, so they're, they're getting That's all right. the calories and, and nutrition they need. But just that repetitiveness, uh, I think they're going to maybe move to another county to commit crimes. Now, <laughs> now, Sheriff Joe threw in one other thing. He said that if living in a tent was okay for our soldiers, mm-hmm. it was all right for our uh, prisoners. And uh, he had big tent. That yep, he, he put that. them all in and, uh, and then surrounded them with razor wire <laughs> so they didn't want to try to leave. Cause that's, that can be – you can bleed a lot if you have to At some point, it is ridiculous part. that when we have people who we know are too dangerous to be turned loose in society and the government still turns them loose. Mm-hmm. And then they use that as a, an excuse to say, well, we've got to have all these different gun regulations to make sure you're not a criminal. Like, No, when, that's you know, not why they do it. Well, that, that's, that. I mean, that's their excuse anyway. And so – we need to take away that excuse by saying, you know what, if we know you're a criminal and you're too dangerous to be turned loose in society, you shouldn't be turned loose, ever. Let me ask Wayne like, this. How crazy is it that they pass a law and they say this is to protect us, right? Gun law is a perfect example. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep these people here on this side of the fence, the bad people from getting guns. So to do that, we're going to take away your right to buy a gun, right. and you haven't even broken a law. Right, as opposed to isn't, take, that, isn't that the most right. convoluted way of looking at something? Right. As opposed to just telling us these people you, know, you can't be free, or maybe an alternative to that is like, okay, if we know you're too dangerous to be allowed to have weapons, let's put a tattoo on their forehead saying. The, the, this is a gun-free person, or whatever it is. You, you you can't own a weapon. You can't sell them one. It's a yeah. felony to sell them one. Or, or, or like these crazy red flag laws where basically someone can just falsely accuse you yes. of something, and the courts go in, and, and they don't arrest you. They arrest your gun. And it's like, <laughs> now, if you're, your gun's not going to do anything without the crazy person, so... Right. You know, right. if you don't, and there's already a system committed in place. Crime, there's yeah. already a system in place that if, if you really are crazy, they can come and take you. Mm-hmm. And 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 and, uh, and deal with that. Situation. They don't want you because if, if they take you, they have to feed you, <laughs> and house you, and and, and get medical care. They take your gun. And, and if they're wanting to provoke you or spite you in some way or somehow punishing punish you, and I think this is liable to come up in, in nasty divorces and wherever else, is they're going to uh, a 
a spouse is going to call in a, a hit from the government, essentially, in some cases. Well, let's take a break. What do you say? we got to get to the news. Wayne, are you in a big hurry or you want to stick around? i got a little while. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick Show. Paul just looked at me and said, we hadn't talked about Hunter Biden. Yeah, yes. Uh, last week, his uh, plea agreement crumbled, mm-hmm. totally crumbled. And today may be the worst day of his life, to be honest, <laughs> because his buddy and business partner is going to testify in front of a, a House committee. And people are expecting some pretty large some bombshell type stuff. Yeah. To be uh-huh. dropped today. So we'll have well, to see. I, I president, you know who the big one's going to lose on this? The president. They, uh, the president's uh, uh, you know, public affairs team has already changed what they've said. Remember, since even before he was running for president, he said he had nothing to do with his son's business dealings as far as I never talked to him about it, never did anything with him on it. It was last Friday. They kind of changed it to he's never participated. He, he's never been in business with his son. All right. He changed that completely. And so here's what he did. The president's uh, people did. We we figured out that we can't lie to you about this anymore. <laughs> so we'll just change it a little bit. You know, they changed. It's a lot. What they said is a big change. Turley, he wrote, if you know about uh, Turley, the, the, the constitutional law professor there, I think at Georgetown, mm-hmm. Man, he went off on that. Really? I mean, yeah. I mean, he says they're playing the American people for fools. And he's right. He well, really I mean, is. The American people elected the guy. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe they're, they're, they, they expect it to happen again. I mean, they expect it to work again. But, but yeah, that is, it is um, rather interesting. I, and I, I'm actually kind of happy to see that a judge actually decided to reject a plea deal. I think plea deals are, are just – a really bad idea. I think they should be outlawed. Well, you know general. it's not a good plea deal when neither side can explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's, and that's... That's what happened. She asked a question and neither side could give an answer. And, and I think that's one of the things is you've got people taking plea deals that when they plead guilty to something, and they're, and they're not guilty of that. They're guilty of maybe something worse or maybe not even guilty of anything at all, but they're intimidated or or, or they're taking a sweet deal with their plea deal. But the big part of, of Hunter was when they, the judge said, are there any other things that you're going to charge him with? And the prosecution at that point had to admit that, yes, there were some things they were going to come back to. And when that happened, there ain't no plea deal now. It's done. It's finished. It's through. And he walked out. And the big loser of all this, the big loser is not Hunter. It is the president. Be, let's all be honest Potentially here. he's implicated in this. Yeah. And it's yeah. not even potentially. So, yeah. He's already implicated yeah. himself. Yeah, it I was going to say, it seems like the news media is ready to throw him under the bus. Because uh, obviously he's, he's going to be a weak candidate if he does get their nomination. So I think they're probably going to start you know, making a little bit more of an effort to uh, well, if they do, then he's going to end up just like Nixon did. Mm-hmm. He's going to be standing there, and he ain't going to have any friends anywhere. And then when that happens, then you have to: do I want to be, do I want to be impeached, or do I just want to resign? Right. And well, of course, and, and, Nixon and is, resigned. Is he cognizant enough to make that decision on his own anyway? Jill will tell him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sign the papers for him. I think Vice President Harris is his best insurance policy. She might be the only person that's less uh, less qualified to be president than he yeah, is. He is. So, that's, yeah. uh, that's true. I mean, her, her uh, you know, when you look at how many people like her, is lower than what the president mm-hmm. says. She's right. the only person that's lower than and he both is. Both of her supporters will all surely stand up and say, sure. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's bad. It's not good. We are in a very, very bad time in our country. Right. You think uh, uh, RFK Jr. is going to benefit from this, or do you think they'll... Uh, no, I don't know mm-hmm. who's going to end up running. It's, uh, you know, I say Gavin Newsom's talking about it. Yeah, is Manchin. But Manchin, I don't think, I think he's burned too many bridges now. I don't think that the left would support him. So you lose no matter whether you had him or not. Now, you lose maybe with with honor, you know, as far as that goes. But he may end up being the third party candidate. Manchin, you, you know, yeah, Manchin. Yeah. But why would why would somebody support Manchin? Is, is maybe just because the Democrat? There's so many Democrats that aren't just as nut job crazy as the kind of mainstream. That's Democrats. the point. You know they're still crazy. Don't don't get me wrong. They're still crazy, but, but they're not, not as nut crazy. job crazy. <laughs> yeah, they're not AOC nuts. I mean, because there's there's still people. I mean, can you? I can't. It's hard to imagine that all these baby boomers out there are this crazy. I'm a baby boomer. I'm not crazy. Know, that's what I'm saying. Your generation. That I mean, yeah. There's there's a lot of kind of left wing Democrats in the baby boomer generation. But are they so crazy that they'll support some, some of, of them? Are. I'm sure some of them. Are. I think they're I mean. just socially pressured. I think there are a lot of Democrats who aren't crazy, but then the crazy ones come along and say, "Well, if you don't support the trans people and if you don't support abortion and you don't, then you don't support women and and you're a terrible person." And then the other Democrats say, "Well, okay, I'm not going to become a Republican, so, so too, I guess I'm getting too, on." The train. Coward, they're too cowardly to actually have a principle. Yeah. It's kind of strange. I'm just telling you, i I got to believe that uh, the Democrats have got to be getting nervous, mm-hmm. very nervous. Not only nervous about the White House, but about Republicans holding the, the Congress and then taking back the Senate. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be great. Oh, yeah. My lips to God, I hope. <laughs> and you know? and what gets me is that the president is over, is over here like, I don't do any business with my son. What That begs the question, why don't you do any business with your son? Sure, let's say that you don't do any what's, business what's with your son. doing business yeah, with your son? Why are you so adequately against being associated with the business that your son deals in? Because he knows he's a crook. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And he's a crack addict and an alcoholic. So whose crack was that? Was it Joe's or, or, or Hunter's? Well, it wasn't crack. It was, it was <laughs> cocaine. All right, and because you know the president's son was at the White House that weekend. We know he was. Mm-hmm. We'll never know now. No, no, they've 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 closed that. That's what they were trying to do with this plea deal is to close that that whole investigation off. I think the media has done such a good job of basically keeping all the the bad news uh, away from the, the public that a lot of Democrats, you know, we found out after the fact. They, you know, I think 17% of them said they wouldn't have voted for Biden if they knew about Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, yeah. But they kept that quiet, of course. And so I think it may be a lot of buyer's remorse. Well, we'll see. We're going to find out. Uh, the president's up to his old tricks again. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration 
proposed stricter fuel economy standards on Friday. Notice they did it on Friday. That's why you always have to read the Saturday paper. Uh, Lincoln always used to say to me, Dave, you got to read the Saturday paper. That's where they hide the bad stuff, Mm -hmm. all right? And uh, anyway, Friday they hastened the transition to electric vehicles. Do you know that, uh, I heard Anna? about it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I maybe heard a whisper of it while I was driving with my windows down, you yeah. know, revving down in my Mustang that is not electric and will never be. <laughs> okay, so you were doing 180 air conditioning, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. It makes me feel good. I thought I was the only one that did that once in a while. <laughs> Just to, to remember, automakers now are going to be required to improve the average mileage of passenger cars sold between 2027 and 2032 by 2% and the average mileage of light trucks by 4% in order to achieve the average fuel economy of 58 miles per gallon by 2032. Roughly two-thirds of the new cars that automakers sell by 2032 have to be electric. Associated Press, this is their story. Currently, the fleet of new vehicles must average 36.75 miles per gallon by 2026 under corporate average fuel economy standards adopted by the administration of President Joe Biden, who reversed the rollback made by former President Donald Trump. If they want to improve fuel economy standards, especially for diesel pickups, they can get rid of this emissions garbage that they stick on these trucks. Well, go, go back. You just know, do like they do in Europe, and then they'll know, get all those extra you know, miles they want. You know, the the Dodge pickups in the in the late 90s, like 94, 95, 96, 97, I think, the, the diesel Dodge pickups, some of those pickups, I think, were getting in the mid-20s. I, I have 99 uh, Cummins diesel, and I, I got, you know, going the speed limit. Uh, tailgate down, mm-hmm. I'd get like 26 miles per gallon. Yeah. And that's incredible for some that, that yeah. quarter ton yeah. t- size truck. Those yeah. are just simple mechanical diesel. Uh, that, that 99 is, a, is, a, is an electronic diesel engine, but it's, it's a still sim- pr- fairly simple Cummins six, um, six cylinder diesel. Um, it's, it's ridiculous that we have this incredible technology. And we're producing garbage engines mm-hmm. with it because government says you have to do it. And so then we get engines with poor, poor fuel economy. Well, when you look at what they get in Eng- uh, well, in Europe versus what we get here, it's night and day. Mm-hmm. It is night and day. Because they don't have all of the structure that we have around diesels. Mm-hmm. You have to wonder if at some point the lobbyists for the car companies are going to say, Okay, we're taking this too far. We got to roll it back. At some point, this has to turn on the government, and the car companies have to say, "We're not going to support this. This has gone too far." I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe the car industries have something to make for, to to gain from it. I don't know. I mean, I cannot see everyone driving electric vehicles. I think that's or a fantasy. I don't think everyone's going to get on board, and eventually the car cities will, start but rural it. areas are never it, going it can, to get it, on it board. It can make sense for people who live in the city. If, but if for, they want to. If they want yeah. to. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't see anything in the Constitution where the federal government has the authority to demand anything yeah, the federal government for uh, uh, manufacturers 
regarding their uh, fleet average miles per there's gallon. A, there's a it's plausible just, argument, perhaps, for cities that have serious problems with smog because they live too close together. They got a lot of other problems when you live too close together. Let me tell you what I've shown. Friday, I was showing pictures to Robert, and uh, I showed them pictures of Chicago. You were showing that to us the other day, too. Yeah, in 1969 versus 2016. It's day and night. The haze. It's all gone. It's clear as a bell. I mean, I like I was telling you, Paul. I remember when we had acid rain where I lived at because the steel mills were putting so much sulfur into yeah. the atmosphere. It would rain, and it would rain sulfur uh, diluted, but sulfuric acid nonetheless. And my dad would go out and throw things over his car so that it wouldn't screw up the paint job. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, but uh, bottom line is, it's not like that anymore. You who are not. You who think history belong, uh, started the day you were born right. are so, so misled. It's, uh, a, it's amazing Alan to Clark me. Alan Clark posted something on Facebook. He, he went to the governor's school and talked to some of the students there. I think he, was, he ran into some that were telling him that, that in, I think it was this year, there, there's, this is the first time temperatures have ever gotten over 100 degrees. He's like, <laughs> what are you smoking? Yeah. yeah. He's like, that's on my list of things. Governor school is on my list of things that need to be addressed. And I'm, yeah, with what I'm they circling teach. back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. In fact, I know that I was hope something. The state Lowry legislature will get involved mm-hmm. with that coming up in another mm-hmm. uh, in 2025. So, does Sarah Sanders have some power to? I don't know if she does or this? not. Why are they calling it governor school? Because it was started by a governor, I believe. Mm-hmm. Was what it I'm assuming it's tax funded. Anyway, it, it, oh, yeah. well, of course it's tax funded. Come on. And I enjoyed the program. It's a great experience. It just, the things that they're teaching have to be addressed. It has to be brought back into reasonable. So so our tax dollars are ta- going Reasonable our, tax dollar lines. Right. right. So they're, they're and that, that's one of those things is that we should be able to tell the government they can't spend our money that way. All right. When we come back. How many unlicensed Chinese bio laboratories are in the United States? A lot. Story came out this weekend should concern everybody. We'll talk about it when we return. Dave Ellswick show. Don't forget about uh, Hillcrest designer jewelry. It's that time of the year. Usually, this time of year, people get married, need uh, you know uh, wedding bands, or you know maybe you're going to propose and you need you need a band for that. Save some money, 20 30% on that, by going to talk to Eric Coleman at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. That's one of the things he's told me personally. If people will come and take care of their, their bands and take care of their engagement rings, he'll save them 20 to 30%. And when you're talking about expensive rings, you're talking a lot of money. They're at 3000 Cavanaugh, Suite E, open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 6. Promise yourself... That if, uh, you know, you're getting married or you're going to go get engaged here, you go talk to Eric Coleman and you'll sit down and discuss this with him so you can save yourself some money. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. Dave Ellswick Show. And and you were saying now that you looked at uh, at boys' school, right? At Boys State. Boys State. 
And yeah. you found that there was a lot of woke stuff that's being taught at it. Yes, uh, uh, a friend of my legislature, he, he worked uh, with them during girls' state. Apparently it, it wasn't happening there, but uh, boys' state uh, was being held at UCA, where it was the same place it was when I, I went there many decades ago. But uh, uh, there was um, quite a disparity of, of um, uh, the number of people from the left that was being able to speak versus the you know, people on the right. Did they even have anybody from the right until you guys started pointing out there weren't any people from the right talking? Not that I know of, but uh, we got uh, Senator Bart Hester on the schedule, and he got to speak to him. And then, uh, of course, then we had a breakout session with him to uh, help him craft bills. And then a couple days later, they met down in the House and the Senate and and ran their bills. Some uh, of those bills were like, oh yeah, uh, this is really interesting. Yeah, they... Uh, the uh, the committee I was on was uh, it's kind of a made up committee, but it's transportation, uh, economic development, and energy. And so we asked them like, what do y'all, what do y'all got in mind? What, what, what kind of bills did Dr. Run? And the first kid stood up and said, um, uh, we, we need to have more uh, bike lanes on the roads. <laughs> oh great! <laughs> the other guys in there are looking at me and rolling their eyes. It's like. It's not good. Who's going to build them? It, well, and who's going to pay for them? That's exactly right. Yeah. And uh, we pointed out, you know, some things to him. It's like uh, another guy to help spur on economic development. He wanted to give everybody fifteen thousand dollars to start a business with. Well, where's this money coming from? <laughs> you know, so we, we we pointed out that it's like if the government gives everybody fifteen thousand uh, dollars, you know that. that how much we, money yeah, is that? Yeah, we're going to have to raise taxes, and then of course businesses won't move, want to move to Arkansas because we raise taxes. I, I hope some of it is registering with them, but we only had them for a few hours. <laughs> one of the bills I sat, I came and watched the sessions mm-hmm. that they did, and one of them was like to help spur economic growth. They would give money to businesses or something, a mm-hmm. grant, and and they asked, well, how are we going to pay for this grant? Where's this money coming from in the budget? And, the money and, tree. And they said, well, we're going to put in toll roads and, and booths. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the day that I see a toll road here, I'm going to have some problems. We're going to have to, I mean, like, to say, that's socialism. To say, well, we're going to tax the masses by making you pay to enter your own state and leave your own state so that we can give that money to other people. Or put them at the at the state borders, is that what they're suggesting? I mean, or just in the... I mean, yeah, it depends on what state, the way you look at it. Like in New York, you want to enter New York City, you got to pay. Yep. Or you pay for your pass and you pay to live there to go you in and out. You pay a lot. A lot. It's not cheap. All right. I wanted to get to this story because it upsets me. Unlicensed Chinese biolab containing 20 or more infectious diseases was found to be operating in California. Now, NBC, so you know that it's true. (laughs) Anyway, uh, NBC reported on this. Local and federal authorities spent months investigating a warehouse in Fresno County, California, that was home to an illegal, unlicensed laboratory full of lab mice, medical waste, and hazardous materials. The Fresno County Public Health Department has been evaluating and assessing the activities of an unlicensed laboratory in Reedley, the health department's assistant director, Joe Prado, said in a statement Thursday. 
all of the biological agents were destroyed by July 7th following a legal abatement process by the agency. And uh, Charlie Kirk mentioned that nothing was, uh, could be seen there. All right, just an illegal Chinese bio lab hidden inside a nondescript warehouse in California. Authorities found 20 or more infectious uh, agents, including, you ready for this? Coronavirus, HIV, hepatitis, and herpes. Thousands of virals of unlabeled fluids of, uns- of uh, suspected biological material. 773 infected mice that were uh, uh, killed. Another 175 were found already dead. How many more illegal biolabs bio are currently operating in the U.S. from China? And God knows where else. Why are these people allowed to get into the U.S. in the first place? Good question. That should concern all of us. Why worry about what's going on over in China where they think they say COVID came out of when they've got their own laboratories right here in the United States illegally? It's incredible. What else is our government lying about, huh? I wonder, you know. And who knew about it? Yeah, well. They probably claim they didn't know about it, but what are the odds they did know about it and left, left it going? And then they were getting money out of it. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And I was just bringing up uh, the story that we talked about on, on uh, was it Friday we talked about it? Or th- it was Thursday because we were, uh, we had some time to talk about it. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. Of course, Arizona, uh, they have, uh, you know, a lot more school choice than we do right now, although starting tomorrow that's going to start changing. But they started in Phoenix their words not mine a queer middle school and everything was going to be taught from a a, okay. a homosexual they'll, they'll cater, yeah. cater to the LGBT that's exactly basically. right and I made the statement at that time make the statement again that's what school choice is about if you want to send your kids to school like that fine if you want to send your kids like I'd like to do to a Hebraic Christian school and we teach them about you know, Jewishness and Christianity, because it used to be you always said Judeo-Christian. Now you don't say that anymore. Judeo-Christian belief systems, then I'm all about that as well. If that's where you want to put your money at, put your money there and, and go there. That's what it's all about. But get it out of the public school. You know, I, I think it'd be great that we didn't have to worry about them marching around with gay pride flags that's, and stuff. That's one of the serious problems with public school is it teaches philosophy, and it teaches political philosophy and moral philosophy. I do not want the government teaching political or moral philosophy because they will get it wrong, and they do. And, and the nature of public school is just that they're going to teach socialism in public schools. They can't avoid it. Well, you can teach socialism. No, no, I mean they're, they're going to promote it is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, look, I'm, I don't have my cameras working in, <coughs> excuse me, in the, in the uh, studio yet. But if you went back to when I was in school and I was in high school, when they taught capitalism, they taught it up here, all right? And when you got socialism, they taught it like here. And then communism, it was like, we won't even talk about that one, all right, because it's such a loser. But now it's just almost the opposite now. 
here you go, you talk about socialism up here, communism out here, and capitalism's down at the bottom. So uh, somewhere, somewhere, probably close to the the human trafficking, mm-hmm. as far as the the way they put it, as far as the um, the morality of well, and, probably, and the probably example has that, something to do with that. And yeah. the example they use is not really capitalism or free market. No, but it's crony capitalism. Well, and that's, yeah. and that's the yeah. problem: is yeah. that so much of what we call capitalism is free not. markets is not free that's markets right. and not capitalism. It's it's just. It business it's in corporatism. Yeah. Yeah. And we did pass a bill yeah. Yeah. this right. past session to require uh, schools to set aside or one week to teach the downfalls of socialism and communism and how many people were killed. Because yeah. you know, that's something they sort of oh, gloss communism over. Communism yeah. killed so many people. It, I mean, you look at, if you go back and actually look at, at communism. Ask three people. All right, go back and here, just look at three people. Mao. Lenin and Stalin. You don't even have to get to Cuba, all right? Just look at those three guys, and they killed tens of millions. It was such a good cause, it was just collateral damage. Of course, I'm, I'm being yeah, facetious here. But the reality is is that, th- yeah, when you, when you have such a good idea that you have to kill or murder millions of people to get them part- to participate in your utopia. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what Reagan said? You know, if communism is so great, why the wall? Why you got to hold people in? And I'd I'd encourage you to look up Nazino Island. It's also called Cannibal Island. Um, Nearly five thousand died in one of Stalin's most horrific labor camps. They called it. Took them all these people out to a place. There was no food, no nothing. But it's communism. It's all good here. And they all died. It's I I uh, won't go into it, but. If you want to see communism, look up Cannibal Island. It's illuminating. The, the problem is that it, it just violates the the concepts of human nature. It sounds great for people who are not very smart, not 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 familiar with human nature. But the reality is, is that that communism doesn't work. It's it's it, it's it's um, neither does socialism. No, no, and that's the thing is that it it, it just doesn't work because human nature takes over, and even good people will say, you know, if I'm not going to be paid for my extra labor, I'm not going to feed this bum. I'm not going to work extra hard so this bum over here can eat. Like, no, I'll just go home or I'll just sit sit down and just be lazy. That, even good people will have that attitude. And, it, and it's not an unreasonable attitude. In fact, it's wrong to feed that bum. You shouldn't let him starve. But th- but when communist comes, communism or socialism comes along, it tells you you have to work. Or it encourages you, like if you're if you're a moral individual, you'll work to support these bums. And I like what Paul said in the in the Bible: if you don't work, you don't eat. That's right. it. That's I, a I'm great not, motivator. That, that's, that's, that's you know, and he was talking to preachers at that time. <laughs> All right, that's something to keep in mind. He was talking to preachers. Whoever shall, whoever will not work shall not eat, and it's, it's a command. I think I well, think it's sinful to feed them. Here's the problem: if they won't Paul, work. Paul understood that he repaired nets. Mm-hmm. That's what he did for a living. Tent maker, yeah. Tent net maker. He did tent maker, and, and then he, and he he went into fishing nets and and fixed them up. Yeah. I mean, that's what he worked, man. That's working, man. That's not easy pickings. I'd, I'd like to see uh, an emphasis on the uh, the teaching of free markets and how how that has basically improved the world and raised people worldwide out of poverty when it was allowed to happen, but. 
you know, when, when the socialism or communism takes over, you know, you see this off to the state. It's, it's, a, it's a moral concept. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, it's ba- it basically embodies thou shalt not steal mm-hmm. and do unto others as you have done unto yourselves. It, it's, it, this is morality. But, but children, you know, come out of school not even knowing how to balance a checkbook. And unfortunately, a large percentage of them come out of school not being able to read. So, you know, first we've got to teach them how to read, and then maybe then what, we can get them to read Thomas Sowell. What you know? are they doing with these tens of thousands of hours? And they come out. They're teaching them how to wave a pride flag. Yeah, I'm just being honest. And with and, you. and 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 they have their favorite sports teams, and they can and their fashion sense is good. Yeah. What else are they like? That's questionable. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you think being in school by many hours, you would learn how to read just through osmosis. You know, just, you, you'd think. Yeah. And, and they don't know how to save money or how to, you know, work up to a goal or set back a certain amount for bills or anything. I mean, you look at poverty, and poverty can in many ways often be generational. Because, I mean, if you grow up living paycheck to paycheck, and then all you know is how to live paycheck to paycheck, but you should be able to go to school. If you live government paycheck yeah. to government paycheck, mm-hmm. it does become yeah. generational. And um, so, you know, you should be learning, well, this is how you set back, and this is how you prepare, and you should have, you know, an emergency fund. And if your dishwasher breaks, you're going to need money set back in case that happens. You know, emergency um, money. um and they're just not I mean I know someone who um, wanted to save up for something and they wanted to get a car and they came in and they had a tattoo <laughs> and, they, and I was like where do you get the money for the tattoo and they were like oh I just got paid and I was like yeah. but do you want the car I love this because See, this is why I like you coming on this show you right. sound like me talking to my kids it's like uh, <laughs> that's a goal if you want to get right. the car and then the tattoo that's a goal you know maybe that's the next thing you want but maybe you should put back that money and save it so needs you can get and the wants. right, right. Mm-hmm. and so and I needs see, and I see and the wants. same sort of thing is that that you I, I've had, have tenants that are broke but they've gone to a gas station and they've they've bought that two or three dollar soft drink. Like, it's not even good for you for one thing. Mm-hmm. But it's an it's a, about the most expensive way to buy a soft drink, other than going to the movie theater and mm-hmm. buying it. I mean, for crying out loud, go to the go to the grocery store and buy yourself a two liter bottle mm-hmm. instead of getting a little twenty ounce or, or carton of cigarettes. Or go to there the dollar That's an incredible that expensive the one that I, That's the one I talk to my kids. Yeah. I got a couple of kids that still smoke, mm-hmm. and they're always complaining they don't make enough money. And I cost? go, I mean, what's cost it ten or fifteen bucks a day for to get a pack of cigarettes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was in a, I was at a I gas said, station. Multipl- yeah. Let's multiply that yeah. out for it's a year. Not, not what you make; it's what you get to keep, right? Yeah. Is it seven or eight bucks? I have no idea. For a pack of cigarettes about seven, uh, Let's just say seven, seven uh, bucks, and you smoke a pack a day. All right. In seven, what's seven times seven, Paul? Forty-nine. Okay. It's forty-nine. Fifty. Let's say fifty dollars. Just roll it up. Two dollars. Twenty-five hundred bucks a year. There you go. That go a long way to helping things be a lot better Great. in your household. I would think. Two years, you could buy a good used car. Yeah, you could. But it's too hard to stop smoking. Guys, it's just too hard. I want people, want people to right. help, and, help, and, help and me. So, so help, help me. Help me. So many of these things. You know, it's, it's one thing if you have extra money to spend on these things. But if you're broke all the time, 
for crying out loud. Cut out your expensive habits and cut out your frivolous um, spending. It's, it's I, I had needs a, that, that, and that's, wants. That's also when people were working. I, I always said that, that uh, work is like a habit. And during the COVID debacle, mm-hmm. and so got people, people being paid to stay at home, they got out of, out that, of the habit of it. Of working and, and, and got into the work, the, the habit of not working. Right. Of course, if we enforce what Paul said, if you don't work, you don't eat. Yeah, I think they get back in the habit really quick. I would think. Well, I would be, agree because with that. there's this there's this little thing in your belly that will kick you pretty stinking hard, mm-hmm. and it's a gift from God. Yeah. Yep. 